0: Yeah, it's good. It's great, man. Uh, I mean, the opportunity was a blessing for me. Um, I seen Joe at the, uh, the uh, what was that, like the celebrity game celebrity game they had um, to introduce the Monarchs, and he, he offered me an opportunity, and I thought it was a great idea for me to be a part of it, especially what they're trying to bring me to city of Canada being that um, it's a legendary city in basketball, you know what I mean, with, with DeJuan Wagner and all of those guys winning championships and stuff like that. And having a professional team there, it gives our youth hope, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it ain't the NBA or nothing like that, but it's still a professional program. Uh, I think that's that was a great opportunity for me to be a part of. Before
1: you suited up for the Camden Monarchs, what was the last time that you played organized basketball? Man, 2000
0: and I want to say maybe 2007, 2008. What's the first thing
1: you thought of when you played your first
0: game? That first night, man, they had it set up. It was so perfect. It was like, it was a dream come true to me to just be back out there. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a professional atmosphere, and the crowd was into it, you know what I'm saying? But it was just, I was just excited. My adrenaline was rushing, you know what I mean? And people School came me, up to radio. just see me, and it was like, I had even people comment, like, yo, it's like seeing Tom Shepard, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it was it was just a great experience.
1: The documentary came out some years ago. You and I have talked off and on the last five years. Mm -hmm. Every time we sit down we talk, it's a different chapter in your life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What is the biggest misconception about Lucky
0: Coke? People just carry me. as I mean, my image. Like, my image ain't what people thought it was back then. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the person that people thought I was and betrayed me to be. You know what I mean? reason why people didn't want to take risks with me. You know what I'm saying? And as I got older, I matured, and I had to grow and show people that, like, that's not the person who I really am. You know what I mean? I just had the wrong people behind me. and uh, Didn't have the people that was showing me how to be cut clean and whatever. You know what I mean? To be someone that i really not. You know what I mean? And I think that's why a lot of people didn't want to take risks with me, take a chance on me.
1: What has changed with you?
0: And just growth, growth, you know what I mean? I just became became a different person. Everything is about the youth. I I don't want these kids to go through what I went through. Um, Our next generation, the athletes, student athletes, they don't need to go through what I went through. And I think I can change that, you know what I mean? Even if it ain't but one kid that I touch and reach, you know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that.
1: Your first game or your first few games? Um, do you get high school flashbacks?
0: Yeah, man, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. I be wanting to make moves, but my body say, man, you better stay still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I be having uh, opportunities when I'm on the wing and want to do something, but my body be like, man, you better sit your old ass down and shoot the jump shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I do. Uh, I be having flashbacks where I be wanting to. Try to attempt some things that I know I can't attempt. Do you
1: think, um, do you think your game translates to the pro game?
0: I mean, being that my IQ is so high for the game, I, I mean, I believe it translates. Um, I know what I can and cannot do while I'm out there. You know what I'm saying? I know my role. I know my role for this team. I know my role for the organization. And uh, I'm going to take advantage of it to the best of my ability. When I think of Camden,
1: I think of uh, Wagner, Walter Barclay. Uh, Arthur Barclay, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, Wagner. You were born in Lenox City. You moved to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. What are your earliest recollections of Camden basketball? I
0: mean, I, I, I think the program is going to grow. It's going to continue to grow. Um, it's going to be some great things that happen out of this opportunity with the guys that we have. Um, a lot of these guys that we have is young, fresh out of college, maybe a year or two out of college, and they're going to have an opportunity to use this to go somewhere else and play. Um, and like I said, it's going to give the um, youth in Camden hope. Um, that's all they know is basketball, football, you know what I'm saying? And it's going. I believe it's going. This organization is going to give them hope to want to pursue their dreams with whatever it is, that sport that they play. That's real.
1: I want to ask you some questions about Carmelo Anthony.
0: Um, are
1: you surprised um, at how well? Like, how surprised are you?
0: I mean, I, I'm, I'm just happy for him, man. I'm a big fan of Mello. Like, I've always been a fan of his since 2000. Um, I just feel like he handled the situation well. And when his number, they, this was a prime example to show our urban community that when your number is called, be prepared. And his number was called and he was he was ready ever since he got that call. Why do you think people doubted
1: Melo so much?
0: wins and losses, being on teams where he, he wasn't winning. Um, he wasn't bringing he, – he haven't won a championship. People doubted his leadership. Um, and it, it really can't say nothing bad about his image or anything. You know what I'm saying? It just – I just think it has something to do with wins and losses. He hasn't been with a winning program.
1: When you look at LeBron James, you um, and what LeBron is doing on the basketball court. Do you think he's
0: proving a lot of people wrong right now? Le- Le- LeBron? Yeah. Man, I mean, he's 17 years in, playing the best basketball in his career. So, I mean, hell yeah. Um, I mean, he's the greatest basketball player to play the game, to me, ever. You know what I'm saying? And it takes a lot for me to say that, but. I respect the game. I respect who he is. I respect how hard he worked, that was dedicated himself to the craft, and he's shown it. Just became what thirty-three thousand points, moved up in scoring legal list. He w- he will break the all-time leading scoring record, I believe, and he's going to continue to win championships. Tell me more about
1: Camden. Um, what are some of the community initiatives that you guys are doing right now?
0: um they just uh, I don't know who went out yesterday morning for the uh to feed the homeless okay. uh I saw the text message late. I wanted to be there but I saw it like when I woke up it was already going on 8.30 yesterday morning um we've been out going to like Rutgers campus and handing out flyers to bring the community out and stuff like that um uh, we went out for the uh to the polls when it was voting time um been doing a lot of stuff in the community.
1: When I look at you from high school, read your all the stuff Slam was saying about you. Obviously, saw the documentary five six years ago. There was a scene in the movie where your older self was talking to your younger self. Hmm. What would your older self be saying to your younger self now? How has that shifted since the documentary? I mean, like I
0: said then. I should have went to school for that one year. You know what I mean? It's not about. It's not about the talent no more. You know what I mean? It's more so your image, how you portray yourself, how people look at you, how people carry you. Your game wants to speak for itself. You know what I mean? It's 82 games on the road away from your family. How mentally can? You, how, are you mentally ready for that? You know what I'm saying? And. Me honestly, I don't think I would have been ready for that. Not at that time, because I was still out there partying, hanging out, going out every night, every city I'd have been at. It would have been a party, you know what I'm saying? So, so I don't think mentally I would have been ready. When well, we sat at, <clears throat> we
1: did that document when we did that uh, panel at Microsoft. If
0: you yeah, Shay was Shay. I
1: watched you. I watched Shay. Just you guys were legends before you even stepped foot on an NBA court, or you guys had names. Uh, your names are, are, were, were cemented. I know that the, the, the social media question is so gimmicky, like oh, yeah. it would be like before, if you guys had it then. But I guess a more real question would be: When you look at um, the NBA potentially um, making the, the age to enter the to the league again at eighteen. Scoop B Radio. Um, you were declared for the draft around eighteen, nineteen years old. What's the difference in readiness then at your age versus potential readiness now?
0: Mm. Like I said, it's going to be mental. It's going to be mental. I don't think I don't think they should do that. Me personally, I mean, they allow it. They they say they passing a bill for kids to get paid in college now. You're allowing these kids to go overseas and play professional so they don't have to go to college now. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I I, I think that – and now the way the league is set up is so commercial. So it's okay for the mellow balls and all of these dudes that's trying to make that jump. You know what I mean? But me personally, I mean, if you was going to make them kids go to school, make them go to school at least two years to get their associates because after basketball, then what?
1: Have you been paying attention to LaMelo Ball? I've been watching him. What are you, like, what are you seeing in this game that you like?
0: I mean, being that uh, he's playing in one of the like, top leagues, I like his aggressiveness. But at the same time, I don't think he physically fit right now. Okay. But I think he would be successful. I, I, I think so. Do you think that the Jeremy – Do you think that someone
1: like LaMelo Ball picks up where – Brandon Jennings and Jeremy Tyler left off because remember Brandon went to Italy Mm and Jeremy Tyler went to Israel and went his junior year of high school Mm -hmm. Uh, was advised by Sonny yeah do you think that what LaMelo was doing kind of carries over from what Brandon and and Jeremy did
0: Um, I don't see him having the same impact as um, Brandon Jennings when he got into the league okay I don't see that happening but I do see him I, I do see it transform transform over. yeah i like his game i think uh I he's him. smooth he's got a smooth game to him you know what i mean and he said he was better than his brother but I, I think so
1: yeah that 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 overseas man challenges you in a way that i think maybe colleges don't yeah because i think college is so much close to the nBA minus the full court press mm-hmm. to me it, it seems like Sometimes college may baby you, but I think overseas it makes a man It a makes a
0: man out of you. you. Absolutely. I agree. We I played overseas? Yeah. I, I played over there last seven years of my career.
1: What are the biggest differences overseas versus American ball from your experience?
0: It all depends on where you're at, though. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It all depends on where you at. I mean, when I was in China, that was rough for me. Um, the culture was different. Like, I quit in a championship game because... Call me a nigga. What? So I quit. Are you serious? Quit. Fans band. or like the coach? The coach. So oh. I quit right there in the middle of the championship game. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's different. It's different. You know what I mean? And like, but when I was in the Philippines, I played over there two years. They loved me. I was LeBron over there. You know what I mean? I averaged 40 and 20 in the Philippines. So it all depends on where you go.
1: Wow. In
0: the Philippines, as you saw, guys like Andre Blatch, kill it over there. Yeah, yeah. you can you can destroy in that league. Um, I played in Manila, and if you're aggressive, that's what they want. If you're a scorer, they pay you to be a scorer. If they bring you to be a point guard, they want you to just be a point guard. If not, you'll be sent back home. And that's that's the difference between being overseas and here. Like, you get a contract here, you it'll stick with you for now, but I've been I've been overseas where I seen guys fly in and fly out the next day. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a difference.
1: What are practices like down
0: out there? I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Okay. I wouldn't know. I I didn't go to practice much. Okay. Um but I have been to like shoot around. and it's just like pickup. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like pickup. They ain't running no sets and all of that. They just out there. But that was back then, I don't know how yeah. it is now, you know what I'm saying? No, that's fair. Because they take it, they, I'm quite sure they're taking it more serious now than back then.
1: <laughs> your um, first game, well, your game when you played in the summer league uh, mm-hmm. against LeBron James, mm-hmm. uh, but you were you were signed with the Celtics in the summer league. LeBron mm-hmm. was the first pick in the 2003 yep. NBA draft by the Cleveland Cavaliers, first stint with Cleveland.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, were you nervous in that game? No, I didn't get to play that game. I know. What why did not why did the coach not allow you
0: to play? I still I never would had an answer to that. That's a question that I would die wanting to know. I, nobody had an answer for me why I didn't play. Nobody. But I go back to Sonny. I think Sonny had something to do with that. Wow. That's just my belief. Did you guys after the game speak or
1: before oh yeah, the game yeah, speak?
0: Yeah, yeah. He came to me right after the game gave me a hug, like, bro, you should have been in the game. Like, they, they did you wrong. And it wasn't about – I mean, to the people, it was about Lenny and LeBron again. But to me, it was just another opportunity to – I didn't have to stick with the Celtics. I could have went somewhere else. If 32 teams did. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I would have been seen. You know what I mean? Let me showcase myself. I, I did it the first eight games. Why would you – me out of this game, which was probably one of the most important games in my life.
1: Do you ever look in the mirror and say, "Why did this? Why you? Why not someone else?" When you knew that you had the skills you had. A lot,
0: a lot. Um, but at the same time, I'd be like, maybe it was meant for me to not playing the NBA, and help change somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? And if I would have made it to the NBA, I wouldn't have my kids, some of my kids I have. You know what I'm saying? So it just – some days I ask why, but some days I just be like, it happened for a reason. Not for me, but for somebody else. It was bigger than you. Yeah.
1: When I, when I well, The minute you sat down and we started talking about basketball, you, you, you smiled. There's a level of smile on your face that remind is almost very high school childlike, like you're you're centered. Yeah. There's a there's a level of hey, I may not be playing in the NBA, but I'm playing for the Cannon Monarchs, and I'm I'm
0: living, proud of it, you're, man. You're living I'm,
1: within your purpose. Yeah, I'm proud of
0: it. Like I don't care how people look at it or how people look at the league or whatever the case may be. Just for me to be back be back out there is a blessing for me, man, and I, I'm enjoying it. When did you actually fall in love with the game of basketball? What are your earliest
1: recollections of it?
0: When I woke up that morning after playing Amari Stoudemire and North Carolina in the championship and woke up the next morning as the number one player in the country. That's when you fell in love with it? Yeah. So
1: it wasn't like you watched the Bulls, you watched nah, Shaq, nah, nothing like that? nah.
0: Nah, when Gary Irvin told me, Yo, don't – because my goal was to go get 40 because it was always either 1A, 1B. I'm either 1B. He's either 1A. Right. And we played them in the championship, in the national championship at AAU at UNC. And Gary was like, man, don't go get 40. Go get a triple-double and let's win the game. You're going to wake up tomorrow on USA as the number one player in the country. Wow. I had my first triple-double and my last.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who else was on that team with you?
0: Me, Gary Irvin, Jason Frazier, Curtis Sumter. Ola, yeah, man. we were we were stacked. Island Ray, who's that? Who's that?
1: When you look at somebody like Amari Scottamire, when I look at him, I feel like he was ahead of the curve. I feel like he fits into today's NBA game and barring injuries, he he he'd be like him and LeBron finishing up.
0: Yeah. What was his game like in high school? I personally I mean, It's crazy that you asked that because the other day someone asked me who was the best player I ever had to play against. And it was Amari Stoudemire. Like he was a man among boys. Like he was different. Like when when he was ten years into the league, he was that size and that athletic in high school. You know what I'm saying? So it was he was different. He was definitely different.
1: It, it ticks me off as a just an observer, not even a writer, but an observer of just basketball, that they couldn't go against Cleveland in the seven finals, and that whole that Steve Nash crashes the scorer's table prevented them because Amari got off the bench and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, when you look at today's NBA game, who reminds you of Amari Stoudemire?
0: Oh. I don't see nobody, bro. I don't. I don't. Like when he was fresh coming in, I don't see nobody. He was different, man. He was different. That kid was different. I mean, I, it's a lot of guys that I like, but Scoop B Radio. He was one that stood out.
1: Who in the NBA plays like you?
0: LeBron. LeBron. Uh, only thing is that he just don't, I mean, that fire, that energy, man, he don't, he don't bring it as much as I look forward to him bringing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm excited out there. Like, he had fun out there. Like, I'm out there to kill. You know what I'm saying? And he don't bring that enough. He settles too much for me. You know what I mean? When I know you 6'10", six, 6'9", six, six, 275, you settling for jump shots when you can get to the basket whenever you want. Like I mean, I know that's part of the day's game, but you can take over the game every night.
1: Yeah, early in in Cleveland watching him, he carried the ball like bread, like Marbury did in his next days. Get to the basket, carry the ball. Mm-hmm. Like um today's NBA game with the Warriors to me just evolved it, where people just settle for even a Draymond Green. Man,
0: even the Camden Monarch. <laughs> I mean, we just settle, 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 live behind the three. Like, we take more threes than mid-range shots. Like, you know what I'm saying? Allen Houston got paid millions to just make, knock down the mid-range shot. Yeah. Everybody want to shoot the three now. You know what I'm saying?
1: Ray Allen told me earlier this year that he thinks that um, there's going to come a point where the big band is going to make a, a return and maybe not in the I think we were spoiled in the nineties, yeah. David Robinsons, the Hakems, the Patrick Ewing the Shaqs. Yeah. I mean even Robert Parrish played until his forties. Um today's game you have Taco Falls figuring out if yeah. know, what he's gonna do in Boston. You got Joel Embiid, here in Philadelphia, you got um you got DeAndre A you mm-hmm. that more hybrid bigness. What do you see?
0: Is the future of the big man in the NBA and in college? Trying to play the one. <laughs> everybody wants. To, everybody want to handle the ball now. Everybody want to stand outside, outside the uh, three point line. Even like like you said, a guy like MB. It's it's good to have the the three that you can knock the three down. But I'm six 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 seven playing in the ABA. But I don't, all I want to do is bang. These guys don't want to be banging no more. You know what I mean? I don't see nobody that want to be physical every night, night in and night out. I feel like I have not been to a Monarchs game, but I've seen pictures. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a picture you put on Instagram, you're banging down mm-hmm. um You were more of a, in high school, more of a slasher. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what is your role with the Monarchs as a power forward? My role is just to go out there and be a leader. You know what I mean? I get mine when in the Florida game, but just to be a leader to those guys, man, and contribute by getting mine when I can, rebounding the ball, but just teaching these guys the game, though. You know what I'm saying? Because they just are up and down mostly. You know what I mean? But my role is just to be a leader, be a big brother to those guys. You know what I'm saying? The Los Angeles Lakers is Anthony
1: Davis pretty much lighting up every statistical category in the NBA Everybody. right now and leads the lead and blocks. He told me in September that not only is his goal to be an NBA champion, but his goal is to win the NBA's defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. I asked you who played like you for a reason because I look at guys through AAU, guys, rest in peace, Eddie Griffin mm-hmm. filled up a stat sheet. You filled up a stat sheet. When you look at Anthony Davis, in your mind, who does he remind you of and what makes
0: him special? He remind me of like a, I should say like a Tim Duncan type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, not, not emotional all the time. Not, not showing emotion. Just getting the job done. You know what I mean, he, he's a monster, but it also helps when you've got the greatest basketball player on your team, too, you know what I mean, that runs the floor, it's going to make you run the floor, you know what I mean, they, they feed off each other, and that, that's that's what's going to make them so great right now.
1: The Camden Monarchs,
0: you guys are undefeated. No, should be. Okay. Should be. I'm looking at um, some of these. Okay. Lost our home opener in overtime, which we shouldn't have lost. We gave the game away, um, turnovers. But if we had to see them again, we'll beat them. We'll beat them. There's no way we are supposed to lost that game. San Diego, right? Yeah, San Diego, San Diego, Gardeners, Guardians, or something. Mm-hmm. We gave that game away.
1: What is what is the atmosphere at Camden Monarch games like?
0: Our home opener, I think us losing crushed us. What you think? What, with the atmosphere? Like as far as like the people. I think the energy is still there. The energy is there, but I mean, the people, like we sold out the first game, but then we lost. So I don't know if, that I believe that played a factor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But tomorrow's going to be a big test, and I think a lot of people won't come out because it's a team from New York. Harlem to be exact. Harlem to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think I think tomorrow's gonna be a, a good test for us. Um and I think being that it's a team from New York, a lot of people wanna show up. Is there
1: such thing as New York basketball anymore?
0: No. Tell me more. No, no. Because early nineties, like you said, two thousand. The game was different. You had guys, even down to street ball guys like Future, uh, Ali Mo, um, main event. Like they took pride in the game. Like we kids just play now just to play. Their dream is to get to the NBA and that's it. Like that's, I want to be Steph Curry. I want to be LeBron. I want. We didn't care if we was in, was in the NBA or not when you got on that court. <clears throat> You got in front of us. I go with the kill whoever was in front of us, and I don't see that no more. You know what I mean? Like those guys took took pride in playing the game of basketball, and it's so commercial now, though. Where our kids now is pampered. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they just oh, this is my kid. This is a Nike kid. This is an Under Armour kid. This is this. You know what I'm saying? None
1: of that. You play for the Camden Monarchs adjacent to Philadelphia. What Northeast City has a basketball identity at this point? Mm-hmm. Out here. You said out here. In this area. Period. In the northeast. You're from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. You played in northern New Jersey. You mm-hmm. played in Bergen County and at Old Japan High School. You played at LaSalle. Mm-hmm. We're our test went in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You left there, you went to Old Japan play for the Camden Monarchs. I, I would say you know from 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 top to bottom, from 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 Teaneck all the way to Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your mind, what Northeast City from
0: your experience has an identity in basketball, if not New York. I like a lot of kids that's coming from Chicago, bro. Okay. I mean they always had a lot of talent coming out of Chicago, but they um, they, they they take it personally too. Chicago. Um But, like, uh, I really can't say, honestly. Yeah. I really can't. I mean, um, another reason why I wanted to be a part of this is because this area right here, um, South Jersey, our kids don't get the recognition that the kids from New York, Chicago, Florida, they don't get the same looks. And um, I tried to reach out to, like, Tom Konchowski. My first two years of coaching at Atlantic City High School because I had a kid that's special, uh, Ray Bethia Jr. He's at Howard now. Um, and I wanted him to get the recognition he deserved. He's the second all-time leading scorer out of Atlantic City, um, right behind Lou Rowe. Um And he, he plays the game well. You know what I mean? And I wanted to be a part of this because I want our kids to be able to see that no matter where you at, if you take advantage of the opportunity and work hard at it, you can be somewhere successful. Your talent will make room for you. Yeah, definitely. Why doesn't
1: New Jersey get the recognition it
0: deserves for basketball? That's that's what I'm trying to figure out, and that's what I want to change because you guys like you can help me change that. You know what I mean? Y'all have the voice to say, Oh, there's some talent in South Jersey. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I said I reached out to somebody like Tom Kunchowski, who's the number one high school scout there is. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not sure why they don't. um, We got a lot of kids that has talent here, man. Like, they just don't get the looks. They either go into, like, a one or something like that, like, You know what I mean? I mean, it took Michael K. Gilchrist to leave
1: Somerville, drive all the way to St. Patrick's when Mm -hmm. it was an Elizabeth playing with
0: Kyrie Mm -hmm. to get that recognition. Yep. Well, but it seemed like after the DeWan Wagner era, this this area just stopped getting the looks. You know what I mean? I guess I guess somebody got to put up hundred for them to get recognized out here. <laughs> in New York, you look at the PSAL,
1: and then we talked about the identity of of, of, of New York. You look at the PSAL. Uh, Sebastian Telfair came out of there. And mm-hmm. Charles Jenkins played in the PSAL. You look at um, you look at um, Pearl Washington. You look at you just look at all the people who came from the city that came out of that. Tiny Morton is assistant at the past Patrick school, school. He's no yeah. longer at Lincoln. You know, mm-hmm. All those guys that are just—is it—is it that—is it—is that, it, be, it because basketball is a country
0: club and it's not a city game anymore? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that. Um, Tiny, I mean, I like what Tiny did. Tiny changed to get the culture of basketball in high school for a long time. Long time long time man got a lot of guys that's in the league, played in the league. And I'm just happy he gave my brother Gary the opportunity to open the door and play at, uh and coach at Nazareth so he can start his legacy as a coach, as um, after a basketball player. What's next for you? I know
1: you you, you
0: did some catering,
1: you cook. Yeah. Man. You live up to your last name <laughs> You're playing
0: basketball. What else is in the pot? I just I got a lot of things that I Love to do, man, but I want to finish this season out strong. Hopefully, we win it. That's the goal. Um, and after this, I will hopefully be coaching somewhere else again. Um, I need G to help me get my book, my book together. I, I need my book to uh, because I think this is the final chapter of basketball, as far as me right here. You know, what I mean, so once I hang it up this time, it's I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Kobe Bryant, in that documentary, uh,
1: you raised your hand and said, I want to play you. And He goes, I'm going to play you in a lot
0: of ways. He said, I'll play you in various ways when you get to the league. (laughs) I didn't know what that meant then. But now, looking back at it, like, when kids ask me, like, it wasn't just about basketball. You know what I mean? I don't think it was just about basketball. Like, I know you're not mentally ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Like what? I think I'd have bust Kobe ass that day. You know what I mean? That day, that particular day, I'd have got at him. But he he wasn't really just talking about basketball. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I've learned
1: over the years. Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson have a podcast called Knuckleheads. They've been on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Um, Talked to Darius the other day, and I like their evolution um, of their uh, their growth. The mm-hmm. next generation, having the Jimmy Butlers, the Kyrie Irvings, the Cappy Podexers, and more, um, who have been on the podcast. Do you have any aspirations of doing any podcasting, television, motivational
0: speaking? I mean, motivational speaking. As you know, I like to go around to different schools and camps and share my story. Um, I never thought about doing like a podcast or anything like that. But definitely the motivational speaking part. Um, um, really, like I said, just that in my book. If you could name a title for your book now, what would it be? The title for my book is I uh, already got it written down. Okay. Um, it's coming. I don't want to put it out there, but it's got coming. It. You know what I'm saying? It. It's coming. It's coming. It's going to come. Best piece of advice that you... Last question. Best piece of advice
1: that you ever got that you didn't understand as a kid that you understand now as a grown man?
0: Man, you should have went to college. Okay. You should have went to school. Like, everybody that... From NBA players now to guys like Elton, man, you should have just did that one year. You're the top five pick. Guaranteed. Go to Saint John's for the one year, kill, and put your name in the draft. But what? But was
1: it? Because this is the part I don't understand. Was it a? Was it an eligibility?
0: Was it a grades thing?
1: What was it that prevented you from playing college ball?
0: When they fired Coach Jarvis at Saint John's, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm not going to school. I just had my son. Okay. I was like they offered me that money, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to school put my name in the draft. I mean, I was eligible. You know what I mean? They, they made sure that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like I said, my son was just born. Um, and then Coach Jarvis, he was so loyal to me. When they got rid of him, I'm like, man, I don't even I don't want to play for nobody else. Scoopy Radio, overtime!
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?